have not chosen my MVP or my play of the week. Okay. I had a really hard time with MVP this time. I have an LVP. Least least valuable. I was like, loser of the... I was like, wait, no, that doesn't work. (laughs) Okay. Welcome to From the Bleachers, the only podcast that recognizes that Real Housewives is a sport. Today, we are analyzing the plays made in the first part of the reunion for season 13 of Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. I'm Sandra. And I am Mandy, and my mic is broken. Sorry, Bleacher Nation, for the sound quality today. Yes, we were just going desktop mic for Mandy. Low budge today. Low budge. We tried the AirPods, which seemingly would be high budge, but they sounded terrible in playback when I was listening to it. So we'll see. This may sound even worse. I don't know. (laughs) Well, we'll be back on it soon. Don't worry. Don't stop listening to us because of one poor sound quality episode. So I uh, spent, as we talked about last episode, some time putting together the reunion seating scores so that we could talk about those. And this is an important metric in our game here of Housewives that measures how the franchise values the players. And we are going to go over those reunion seating scores for everyone currently on the show at the end of this episode. And I'll also visit historical players who are no longer on the show and kind of compare their scores to our current players. And we'll see who comes out on top, who is a solid player, but maybe not on top. And then who are kind of some of the lower players. And we'll discuss why their scores have come out the way they, the way that they have come out. Yes. I am very excited for our reunion seating score tallies, especially for a franchise that has been around this long. Our our cumulative versus our average RSS scores are going to be very interesting. Yes. And I, and it's making me like, now that I've done all that, it's making me, I want the reunion seating scores for every franchise. Like so far I only have Salt Lake city and now Beverly Hills calculated, but I'm like, I see who's top in those. And I really want to compare them to all the other players and all the other. So I'm like, oh, this has to be a goal of mine. My goal is because we're going to do New Jersey starting in April. And my goal is to have New Jersey calculated by the time we start covering them so that we can talk about it through the season. And then maybe I'll start working on some of the other franchises too. So we can kind of talk about scores across the board. I think you should definitely look at Atlanta, that being one of your favorite franchises, mm-hmm. because I would be very curious what you feel about these different players in Atlanta that you love compared to some of our other top quote unquote players in other franchises. Yeah. It very would be interesting exciting. to see where they are and it, because there's a lot of talk right now about who's coming back in Atlanta and who's not. And yeah. Yeah. So it'd be interesting to see what, why they're picking who they're picking. And sometimes they don't have a choice because someone just doesn't want to come back. Like in the case of Candy Burris right now. Did you watch, by the way, speaking of amazing housewives of Atlanta, did you watch the traders yet? Do you, do you know who was from last night? No. Yeah. Me either. Okay. so no spoilers there bleacher nation in case you haven't either (laughs) okay so let's get into this reunion episode so first we get a little we get a little coming up about what we're going to be seeing today and maybe in the future reunion episodes dlac dark lord andy cohen says he hopes it's fun with a fake smile face play here And I wanted to give a little context. I have been listening to his podcast 
mostly so that I have information for the show. You're welcome because it's not that interesting of a podcast. <laughs> we appreciate and- the sacrifice. <laughs> He said on his podcast that he filmed three reunions back to back at this time. So I'm not sure if that means one day after the next, but it was like very, like very close back to back. And this was the third one. So that makes so much sense because he just seemed over it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think he did Miami and then he did one of the other Bravo shows that we don't watch. Yeah. And then he did this one. And uh, the Miami one was quite quite a reunion. I just started watching that one as well. And so I think he's just exhausted. He also got news during that time that his aunt passed away from ALS. Oh, that's it. Yeah. That was a really sad to to listen to him talk about that on the, on the podcast. Was and um, so play? he was, he was, he did not have play any tears. He did not produce tears on the podcast. I assume that he did at other times <laughs> in private, but yeah, he gave a speech at her funeral and everything he talked about her. It was it was a really nice tribute to his aunt. Uh, but any all that to say, he was not in great shape for this reunion. So I going into it, I was really interested to see how how or if that was going to flavor the how the reunion goes. I feel like it has flavored it in the sense that he was not a very good ringmaster, and there was mm. a lot of. Then again, I may feel this way a little bit about reunions in general, based on the one and a third that I've seen, but I just felt that we had a lot of wasted time. Mm. <laughs> like there was, and they film all day. There's a lot of footage to choose from. Yeah. And, and this is what we came up with. So I was like, eh. <laughs> all right. All right. But I like the opening stuff. So, so get us through this opening. Cause it was fun. okay. And then we know that Garcelle is going to tell Dorit you say I attacked you when you know what an attack is with some face play from Kyle. We see that Crystal is accusing Anna Marie of weaponizing her profession against Sutton. We see Kyle is upset about something Dorit said. Um, and that's causing problems for her in the media with the whole Morgan situation. And then we see Erica, who looks like she's going to be stuck right in the middle of a lot of Kyle and Dorit stuff, literally in between them on the couch. And she says she needs a break. I'm seriously considering that moment of Erica's to be my play of the game. (laughs) (laughs) Because you needed a break too, or (laughs) yes, I just identified with her so much. And I was like, look, there was an entertaining moment. So we open up, we're in Culver city at Culver studios. I looked it up. It's a 20 minute drive from Beverly Hills. Although in in Los Angeles, a 20 drive can turn into an hour drive. However, it looks like they're arriving in the dark in the morning probably they're before traffic. So the ladies are arriving. We get shots of their trailers. Erica says to some people off screen, if you put me next to Sutton, I'll fucking kill you. And then she's like, kidding. Yeah. (laughs) She was not kidding. Uh, I guess there's some beef there, despite Sutton's apology play to her at the end of the season. And then I don't know if this is a full TFP, but Sutton is the last person they show arriving. It's just like a really quick clip of everyone arriving. So they don't make like a big deal of it, but she is the last one they show arriving. And she says she wants closure today. And she's also sporting not only a dog, but she's sporting this little peace out thing on her coat, which looks like the logo for peace out skincare products. So I thought she might've been pushing some product there. (laughs) Now we're in the trailers with the housewives getting glammed up. Garcelle is saging her space for positive energy. Avi, 
uh, one of my favorite bystanders is giving Sutton a pep talk and telling her not to do any tear play today. Be strong, Sutton. It says no crying, strong Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> it was awesome. Delac is arriving after the sun is up, so he got to sleep in a little bit more than the ladies. He says, Beverly Hills, she, she, she. So I love that bystander Kevin Lee throwback. Mm-hmm. Delac pulls one on Kyle by telling her that Mo is going to be joining them today. And she's like, what? But he's only joking. And she seemed pretty good natured about that. Yeah. Now, have you seen how on Buying Beverly Hills, there's apparently so much more dish about their marriage on that show than we got on this show? I've heard that. Yeah, I, I have not seen that, but I heard that from other podcasts I've been listening to, you know, speculating also that the grown kids have been on that show a lot, too. And so they've had to not only film for this show, crying on screen about their parents' divorce, but also the other one. Wow. Rough. Yeah. Big factor. Hi. <laughs> Rookie Anna Marie says this was the hardest year of her life. And at this moment, I didn't know what she, the PTC, she reveals later. And so I thought, wow, I mean, I knew she was getting blowback from fans. Consensus was people didn't like her. So I was like, that's a big statement to say it was the hardest year of her life. But then later we find out that there was other stuff going on as well in her personal life. Erica visits Dorit's trailer and asks her if she's nervous for today. Dorit is getting an IV. Yes. Okay, good. I was like, I'm like... (laughs) All caps, what is the IV? Like, is she getting <laughs> fluids to hydrate her skin? I don't even know. IV therapy is like a, a popular thing now, especially if you can afford it. It's expensive, though. I did it once because people have been telling me with my chronic illnesses that I should try it. And I've kind of I like I looked at the price. I was like, gosh, that's expensive. It doesn't, there's not really research showing that it's going to help my chronic illnesses, but I've been getting so much pressure from people that I tried it. Um, did not help me, made me worse. Which is funny because somebody was like raving to me about their acupuncture the other day. And I had that moment of like, oh, I should talk to Sandra about it. And I was like, you know, what, Sandra, she doesn't tell her what to do for her chronic illness. So, but yes, she's getting her IV therapy. Dorit says there is stuff going on between she and Kyle that hurts and that that hurts and bothers her the most. And she says, Kyle is saying that Dorit exaggerated the extent of their friendship. And we see a video of Kyle on Amazon Live basically saying that it's not like an everyday friendship that they have. Dorit says she hasn't heard from Kyle in a couple of months and that yesterday Kyle sent her a text message trying to silence her. She calls the text manipulative and calculated. Did you, we've read this text now. And what do you think? Do you think it was manipulative? So she shows Erica the text and we get to see it on the screen. And you and I have already read it too, just because we've it was on social media. And it, it's, I, I don't have the whole thing written here, but it's kind of summarized. So it says, I've been wanting to reach out because I know we're in a weird place and it really bothers me. She says she wanted to explain why she's been distant, but her hands were tied, which that's interesting. Why were her hands right. tied? She says some of the interview comments Dorit said hurt her feelings and some things post-filming as well. She says she's been feeling depressed. She says she doesn't know how to live without Mo. She expresses love for Dorit and says she doesn't want to lose someone else in her life over a TV show. And then she says that Real Housewives of Beverly Hills is not as important to her as Dorit and she doesn't want to hash out their relationship issues on the reunion and would rather sit down and talk afterward. So yeah, I like it's a very heartfelt text message I felt. And she's being like vulnerable and like saying what a difficult time she's going through. 
and saying that she values Dorit more than Real Housewives of Beverly Hills. So all that was really lovely. I can see how the timing might feel like if if Dorit has been building this anger towards Kyle right. for a while, and then she's like ready to be like this be dropped me like and she's like ready to go into it on the reunion and then the day before to get that text be like hmm, that's interesting timing like I can see that that perspective I guess so I, I I'm on the fence uh, my mo right now not my mo because I don't have a Mauricio <laughs> but my mo is to sort of try and assume the best of each of these individuals mm-hmm and and especially Kyle. Kyle makes it very easy to assume the best of her. And Dorit, you can I think Dorit is kind of always putting herself out there relatively honestly. I just think mm-hmm. she's sort of bad at reading social situations. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying I'm trying to choose my words carefully, which may <laughs> what I worry Dorit has difficulty with. Anyway, let, let me put it this way. I have been doing my personality type analysis as I like to do with these ladies. And I am starting to think Dorit might be the same personality type in the Myers-Briggs model as Lisa Barlow. Yeah, exactly. That's kind of what I was thinking. <laughs> She's just there in the moment. She's totally all in. <laughs> so Erica says she would feel manipulated if she got that text message. Dorit says... Fair is fair. And this is the reunion. In this moment, I felt like Dorit is basically like, this is the show we're on. This is the game. And I'm an, I'm a player in this game. This show is about our relationship and we haven't talked in two months. Of course, I'm going to play that card on the reunion. Um, it seems to me like Kyle maybe wants out of the game, but Dorit is still in the game. That is the way I feel about Kyle right now. And I'm sort of curious if she's coming back or not. I mean, she may I am financially have no choice, but I feel like she can be getting a good settlement and, and live on more than even 300 a month that Sutton gets. <laughs> 300,000, yes. Yeah. Uh, 300K. So I am, I am curious. I agree. Kyle does not seem like Kyle has changed her life around as we get in the Mm -hmm. Kyle package later on that DLAG highlights, you know, she's, she's changing her life around and this housewife lifestyle is not conducive to the things she wants to be doing. Totally agree. It's going to be interesting to see if she comes back. I agree that this is a great Dorit throwing down the gauntlet moment that I'm in this game and I'm going to bring it and fair is fair. And it is still my error of the game. Oh, really? Dorit is alleging or insinuating that she is going to be some kind of a badass on this episode and she is nothing but a rant (laughs) of error. So I'm actually taking it a notch further and not only is this my error of the game, but she gets an LVP, a least oh, valuable player. Wow. Because maybe, I don't know, she's just throughout this entire episode, it was just error after error after mm. error. And mm. I just, I felt bad for her. She was playing so poorly. <laughs> well, Dorit showing Erica this text message was my play of the game. <laughs> Oh, I love it. I love it when we like just 
diverge. <laughs> it was the most interesting that thing that happened all episode. Like I wanted to see that text message really badly and we saw it and it was, I could see both sides. I thought it was very interesting. I was really glad she brought it. And she was like, I'm a player, like F the friendship. I'm a player, which, you know, maybe not the best life choice, maybe not the best way to keep friends. It was a good play. I thought um, I'm with you on the rest of the game though with her. So <laughs> we will get there. Right. We will get in there. this like, moment. I really liked this play. I And I was sort of like, it's such a, it would be, it would be a play of the game for me if she actually did bring it mm. instead of being this sort of doe in the headlights for the rest of the <laughs> a red doe. Doe in the headlights. That really, that really sometimes does describe both Dorit and Lisa Barlow. Yeah. Yeah. Just like, what? <laughs> <laughs> Why is someone upset about this? Why am I coming off this way? <laughs> now the ladies make their way to the set. Garcelle and Sutton are first. Delac calls them the dynamic duo. Sutton says she can't see and she can't feel her feet. Which I feel like is a premonition of what's going to happen here. <laughs> I'm like, this could be a warning sign and we're going to have the EMT here soon. Oh, that's right. I almost forgot about yeah, that. Yeah, we've got, we've got IFI coming in another episode. Yeah. She's wearing a purple dress with a flower right at the nape of her neck. Garcelle is wearing a gold long sleeve sequin dress. And this is where we see that Sutton is seated directly to Delac's right, which is the hot seat. So this factors into our RSS. It's one of the most important, if not the most important factor in your reunion sitting score. Yes. Um, and so she gets one of those bonus points this uh, this season for her seat right next to Delac. Garcelle is seated next to her on the couch to her right. Next, we get Erica and Crystal. Delac calls them the showgirls. Erica is wearing an animal print sparkly dress with huge pointy shoulders, and I love it. Crystal is wearing a green deep V dress with like shimmery leaves or flowers all over it. I have to say, Crystal's dress, it, there was something about it. I love those deep emerald tones, and I, mm -hmm. I wanted it to just be a little, and this is never something I've ever said before in my life about an article of clothing. I wanted it to be a little sparklier. And if it had been, <laughs> if I, it had been more overtly sparkly, it would have looked less like just a pattern, like a cloth pattern. And it probably would have made it to my fashion play. But anyway, <laughs> I love, now I'm imagining you in sparkly stuff all the time, which you were definitely not <laughs> ever, ever in anything sparkly. And then Anne-Marie is right behind them and she's in a long drapey, like bluish purplish dress with a slit up the side. Crystal, not surprisingly, gets seated on the same couch as Sutton and Garcelle, and she's on the far right, which is sometimes referred to as like the danger position. We don't know if their spot is guaranteed next episode, next season. And then across from her is Anne-Marie on the far left, um, who so far is sitting alone because Erica hasn't sat down yet. She's admiring the fake city view behind them. Kyle arrives in a Kelly green long sleeve backless gown. And Delac makes kissy faces at her. <laughs> we see her standing next to the opposite couch. And she says, is that all of us? And they all say, uh, Dorit. And she's like, oh. 
we see Dorit outside and she's getting a wardrobe fix. Something is being sewn up on the side of her. Dilak says he's so glad he got there at 8.15 while we wait for Dorit's dress to be sewn. I like that she was literally being sewn into her dress. <laughs> and then Dorit arrives. She gets the TFP. I, I hate giving people the TFPs just for being late, though. And she's wearing an almost red um, like drapey dress with a matching headscarf. So that was quite a fashion play. It was quite a fashion play, but it was not my <laughs> fashion play of the week. Nor was it mine. She is not the person I want to look at most. There were other outfits that I loved that I thought really fit the personality of mm. the wearer. And I love the hues of them, but I, I wasn't like, always like, no, show me this person. I want to keep looking at this person because mm. their fashion play is so awesome. Yeah. I actually feel like uh, I give Dorit a hard time sometimes for her fashion plays. Cause it's just like, what, what, but sometimes she really brings it, especially at the reunion. Like I, there's been some reunion looks that I'm like, Ooh, I like that. Uh, but I just, no, I didn't like this one. It's too much, too much and too much in a bad direction. So Garcelle calls her mother, Teresa. Dilak calls her hood. <laughs> and then finally, on that side of the couch, everyone is settled. We have Kyle getting the other hot seat next to Delac on his left. Um, she gets a lot of hot seats. We're going to see that when we when we look at our reunion scores later. Yep. And then to the left of her is Erica and then Dorit and then Anna Marie on the end. And then we cut to commercial and we haven't even started the reunion yet. We haven't even started yet. <laughs> okay. So then we get our official intro with DLAC, sort of welcome to the Beverly Hills Backyard Cocktail Party. Everyone is clearly doing their obvious fake, like, this is going to be fun faces. <laughs> and I thought it was really interesting how little people seem to want to be there. Um, <laughs> I would say Garcelle and Sutton seem to be fine and not too worried about the drama. And they seem to be very sort of grounded in who they are. I feel like Kyle and Erica are also two players that are very grounded in who they are and are not putting on airs at the reunion mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. trying to present themselves as something different. Uh, yeah. But I won't say that about the other three. So <laughs> DLAC compliments Sutton and Sutton says she's trying to be subtle. Mm -hmm. Subtle Sutton. And he sort of goes around introducing, saying hi to all the different ladies. He gets to Anna Marie and we get that clarification on her pronunciation of her name, which we all appreciate. It's a Dutch thing, you know? <laughs> yeah, I could totally relate in this moment because she says it's Anna Marie spelled like Anne Marie. And mine is Sandra spelled like Sandra. And it's a Belgian thing. It's a Belgian thing. And I wouldn't oh, understand. You know. I wouldn't get it because <laughs> I'm not Belgian. <laughs> D-Lag asked Dory what she was going for. And that's where she says, fashion, fashion, fashion. And then D-Lag <laughs> says that Dorit has let us know she will be speaking in bullet points tonight, um, which matches our <laughs> note-taking style. So I'm all for it. <laughs> so Erica says this is the happiest she has felt in a few years on the reunion stage. And we have receipts of her talking about how she has been eviscerated. And so tonight she would like to see everyone get the same treatment. I knew that the eviscerated comment was more benign than they made it seem in the yeah. preview. <laughs> what they show us in that clip also doesn't mention Kyle at all. And I'm like, yeah, was there later in that episode on that was like, what watch what happens live, I guess. Yeah. Or maybe the question was, what do you want from Kyle? Right. Maybe, and then yeah. maybe she just said, uh, I was eviscerated. So everyone should be eviscerated or something. Yeah. Yeah. 
Yeah. And so then, of course, they show all the headlines and both Kyle and Erica are sort of like, yeah, whatever. You know, Kyle is like, Erica has been a good friend. Yeah. I saw the headlines. Yeah. They kind of hurt, but she didn't take it personally. And Erica repeats um, and reiterates that little friendship play between the two of them. This is great friendship play between them. I loved it. Yes, I totally agree. I thought this was really, and that's that's like, it, it felt very natural. It felt very authentic. D-Lag asks Erica if she thought he was out of line with his questions. And she said, you were in my ass literally. And that's where I have a problem because that's a big <laughs> word, literally, because he was not literally in her ass. You know, the new generation has changed the word literally. I get that. Literally is literally not meaning literally anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Can we put that on a (laughs) t-shirt? Yes, I agree. Language evolves. So I will, I will not harp on it too. (laughs) You can harp on it. D-Lag asks Dorit how she's feeling hearing Kyle's description of their friendship with Erica. So this is our first opportunity for some real confrontation play. And Dorit says she was hurt by the headlines And then Kyle defends against that by saying that it was just in response to the things Dorit had been saying through the year. And we get a lot of receipts implying that Dorit put Kyle on the spot on camera a lot regarding Kyle's marriage and her friendship with Morgan. But Kyle also says this isn't to diminish their friendships. It's just to clarify that they aren't that type of friend. They aren't Mm -hmm. that everyday type of friend. Mm -hmm. So Kyle in this moment has basically grabbed the ball away from Dorit. She has intercepted, shall we say, this play. (laughs) Then Dorit lays another confrontation on Kyle that is basically, you're a punisher. If I say something that you don't like, you'll shut me out, which is something that Kyle apparently had said to Kathy. Mm. That we're getting a little bit of that. We got a little bit of an eye-rolling face play from Kyle in that matter, And that's where I knew that she's never done Gottman method marital counseling because in the Gottman method, you learn that eye rolling is one of the four horsemen of the apocalypse for your relationship. (laughs) So shout out Gottman. Is it eye rolling specifically or is it? It is eye rolling specifically. Yeah. Because it shows like disdain and it shows all these things that are basically like kind of a a big, you know, double, double banger birds (laughs) to the person who's speaking. So then Dorit lays out her her big ace in the hole, right? Her major mm-hmm. confrontation. We haven't spoken for months. Then you text me the day before the reunion. Do you really think I'm an idiot? And she says that it was very manipulative. And then there's lots of face play that the editors get us in that moment. None of the face play was like stood out where I was just like, amazing. That's my face play of the game so far. So, um, but then we just sort of get this very fizzly D-Lack saying like, well, we know you two love each other and he sees resolution for them in their future. He doesn't say resolve as <laughs> resolution. Yes. And poor Erica is in the middle of all this the entire time, yes. <laughs> just sitting there awkwardly with her pointy shoulders. But she looks so good in this moment compared to the Christmas colored dresses on either side of her. And so that's why in this moment, I decided Erica earns my fashion play of the game. I love it. We get a teaser. We get Sandra's favorite cliffhanger in the world, microaggressions and macroaggressions regarding racism. Dun, dun, dun. 
so coming back from commercial, we get a we go into a Garcelle package. Uh, she was the executive producer of Black Girl Missing. She had a bunch of stuff going on with her boys. Dorit is telling Garcelle that she attacked her. Um, she is calling Dorit a Karen, and then they make up in Spain. Dilek congratulates Garcelle on her accolades and asks if she is able now to make choices to spend more time with her boys. And she says that's one of the reasons she's doing reality TV, because it helps keep her at home. Dilek asks what her ex, Mike, thinks about Jack's knowing about the cheating, finding it online. She said he would never talk to any of them about that. And that's why she takes on so much responsibility with talking about sex and feelings, because if they don't get it from her, they won't get it anywhere else. And I was like, oh, thank you for showing the invisible workload of mothers. Yes. Dilak brings up the tension between Garcelle and Dorit. It started in Vegas when Garcelle says she doesn't trust them when it comes to her family. And Dorit took that personally. Dorit said it hurt her feelings as a friend not to be trusted. Garcelle said it hurt her to have them laugh at the situation with her son getting cussed at in the first place. Dorit feels like she should be over it. Garcelle said it was compounded by the fact that Dorit was dismissing her feelings about it. And Garcelle says she wasn't singling Dorit out, but when people feel guilty, they take it on. And Dorit says she felt sad that Garcelle felt that way, just sad. And Crystal says, then just say that. Dilak asks Garcelle, you have said that you don't believe Dorit is a racist, but that she's an unconscious Karen. Garcelle confirms and she says that she thinks Dorit is just unaware. She says the word attack seemed unnecessary in that scenario. Dorit says she doesn't know all the words. Garcelle says that Dorit was literally, literally like the actually right, correct use of literally (laughs) attacked in her home at gunpoint with her children in the other room. So she knows what the word attacked means and she knows the difference and she knows what an attack is. And we see, we are, that was just a quick little thing. We see that coming up, DLAC is going to ask Sutton about making out with her driver. So we get, we're going to switch to lighter topics later. Well, and this is where, it's sort of, you know, you talk about language changing and the meaning of words changing. And this is where people who don't have experience or understanding step in it, right? Is the idea mm-hmm. that like we use that word attack with our friends when we're talking about like, you totally attacked me about that and whatnot. And not thinking about how it that word hits other people who sure. have had other experiences. And so that's sort of what Dorit just seems to continually not get, you know? Yeah, well, but- and it's it's frustrating because she did seem to get it at one point, right. but she still won't stop defending herself. And it's yeah. like, it, it doesn't have to keep going on this long. Like, yeah. just say you were wrong and you've learned and then move on. But she can't, she can't do it. And it's so incredibly frustrating. And that's one of the things that really frustrated me the most about this entire episode is that nobody seemed to want to be truly open to a healing discussion. Nobody wanted to listen to anybody. They were just trying to make their points and judge. They were just kind of judging each other. Yeah. So, yeah. And in a reunion, we want conflict. Like we want to revisit these issues, but there is a time when we need to resolve the issues and 
there's this one's a particularly uncomfortable one that needed to be resolved a long time ago. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't. And Zori, that's a that's a big error on Dorit's part. Her little error party continues. <laughs> yes. So then we move forward sort of in the discussion and Anna Marie now is chiming in and she makes this point when Garcelle says you don't call a black woman angry or aggressive. We were at Sutton's store when I unfortunately asked Sutton about her esophagus, which I thought was a nice acknowledgement of her own bad play earlier in Mm -hmm. the season. And she brings up how Sutton accused Anna Marie of yelling when Anna Marie wasn't Mm-hmm. And points out that Dorit had her back in that moment. Mm-hmm. And why didn't Garcelle? So it was a good friendship play by Anna Marie trying to come in as a black woman to defend Dorit and sort of saying like, this is why I don't think Dorit is necessarily racist. But it turns out that it's kind of this confrontation play against Garcelle for not defending yeah. that moment. And I didn't really like that just didn't like I thought that was a bad move on Anna Marie's part. I was like, this is not an enemy you want to make in this game right now. Yeah. But Garcelle does have a pretty, you know, she has almost the same defense that Dorit has, which is like, well, we all yell at each other. Yeah. <laughs> I thought that was a little weird. And I don't like nobody, the- it's just basically a case of nobody being able to being able to step in anybody else's shoes. <laughs> right. Yeah. Like I'm just like, come on, people. Let's let's stop. Let's stop also using the word weaponized. Like everyone is being weaponized mm-hmm. and every it's, phrase is being weaponized. <laughs> that was the word of the game today. Yes. Word of the game. So everyone, like Garcelle gets a little disdainful of this whole line of play. DLAC changes the conversation. And then did you notice, I I was wondering, a lot of times when people have anxiety about giving speeches or things like that, they can get a prescription for like a beta blocker that will keep their heart rate from getting Mm. high. And it's like a, it's a heart medicine. That's also something they prescribe to people with POTS sometimes. There you go. Anna Marie was so like, I don't think she was like drugged or slurred. I don't think she had taken anything like that, but, but I was just like, is she on beta blockers? Like what's going on? (laughs) Uh, And I sort of wondered the same thing about Sutton too, because every time she started talking, it took her a minute to kind of click into gear. Hmm. It's very weird. I don't know. I it's Anna Marie was saying like I that she was trying to come in not talking over people not like you know seemed like she had come in with that intention so I could see that um just being and we'll see how I feel like the towards the end of the reunion as we get to like episode three we start to see where they're really at because they are too tired to maybe (laughs) stick to whatever they came in (laughs) deciding to do or to be sure I love it Okay, well, then we get to visit the Dorit living in a bubble comment and whether Dorit doubled down by posting not once but twice about the bubbles that she lives in. That was a really bad look. And I normally I wouldn't factor social media play into the game, but because this came it her social media made it into the document and was plastered on the screen for us all to see and became a discussion in the reunion. Dorit's social media post that she's happily living in her bubble was my error of the game. Excellent. I mean, that's yeah. way way to show that you just didn't get yeah. what you're being accused of and you're not taking it seriously. I tried to to find a way that this wasn't as bad as it was. <laughs> and then... 
the second time through, I was like, yeah, no, this is actually like, I just don't see how we, how we can say this wasn't an obnoxious post. <laughs> yeah, it's to- totally. This is where Garcelle's comment about her being an unconscious Karen was like, yeah, yeah. okay, now I see it. Now yeah. I see it. Like she's just oblivious and she yeah. and doubles down in an oblivious manner. Like it's not yeah. in a it's not in a purposeful, like trying to hurt people manner. It's just right. a completely oblivious manner. But that it, doesn't mean it's not still harmful. Exactly. Exactly. And that is, that is Garcelle just turning and being like, I can't. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, and I I, I think I that it. all this with Dorit is really it is a it's affecting her safety on the show. Like I if she can't play across for, like uh, with yeah. players of color without putting them in really uncomfortable situations, she's not going to last on this show with a very liberal audience and no. who are trying to diversify the show and whatever else. So I agreed. I think she's a, this is the da- the danger bell for, for Dorit. Yep. I agree. I agree. And then Delac says, you know, he's trying to move everybody forward. And he says, sometimes it's important to listen and say less. Yeah. It's hard to say who that is truly directed at. Although I think most likely Dory. <laughs> yeah. And that is where Delag asks, well, where do you go from here? And Erica quickly jumps in and says to a break because I need one. And this <laughs> is the moment where I decided that Erica definitely wins my fashion play of the game as well. Yay! (laughs) She is the most interesting outfit to look at, even if it does require perfect leg placement for the duration of filming the reunion. It's a short skirt. Good fashion requires sacrifice. It does. Fashion hurts, just like love. So unfortunately, Dorit, continuing her LVP play, has to just keep talking which totally backfires. And she says to Garcelle, like, do you like me? This is, this is poor lawyering as well. Like (laughs) bad lawyer play. This bad lawyer play. Don't ask a witness a question. If you don't know what they're going to say. (laughs) (laughs) Dorit, do you like me? Garcelle, sometimes. And we get some really (laughs) big face play from Kyle there, which I enjoyed. I felt like I knew what Garcelle was going to say. I mean, I wasn't, I mean, I didn't think she was going to say yes. I'll put it that way. There we go. So do you have a problem with me? And Garcelle's like, yeah, pretty much so. And then, then Dory says, well, do you want to work through it? Do you want to have a friendship with me? And Garcelle says, I'm not sure. Mm. So Dory gets losing friends on the show. Not good. So D-Lag wants to move on. Dorit is looking sad and shamed. So then we get D-Lag gives us the big sex talk package on how the women of Beverly Hills have no problem talking about sex. And we get, you know, the scissoring. We get the trip to the strip joint in Vegas. Yeah, Vegas. And then we explore Crystal's comment that Dorit hasn't seen a real body part in years. And Dorit asks, what other than her boobs do you think is fake on her? Crystal just uh, evades as uh, I was just being funny. And it seems like a place where we could have gotten apology play. None is forthcoming. Yes. And this was in the preview and they had shown in the preview that after she says that she, she gets a look from DLAC and goes, don't you dare. And that was not here. No, but did you notice at the end of the episode we get another clip 
Yes. Um, Dorit starting to talk about her two-year PTSD. And then we have D-Lag yawning yes. behind she his says, thing. And then she says, don't you dare. Don't so you dare. Who knows what the real edit is, right? Yeah. Has, he, like this is, you can't do that, editors. You can't like edit it one way and edit it a completely different way. Yeah. And like that, we don't need the trickery. I mean, they can and they did, but it's- They can and they did, but they shouldn't. But they shouldn't. <laughs> <laughs> So anyway, I thought this was a moment Crystal could have shown us a little more depth. And maybe that's that, maybe that's what I'm missing from Crystal is I'm not getting a lot of depth from her. Sutton has no rebuttal to Erica's comment about bull riding and dick riding skills, but we do get some laughter. So it's a nice light moment. Uh, Sutton says, you know, the bull riding is tough and the other riding is much easier. And we get this very funny face play from Erica that's sort of like, well, I don't know about that. And that. I think that was probably some of my, it wasn't the most obvious, but it was some of my favorite face play of the game. So I'm going to give Erica that, and that will be my face play of the game. Nice. Erica and Kyle both had the best sort of, they like the camera cut to them and did the best job with some of their reactions, I think, um, with face play. So, but I just, it's so hard in the reunions with the face play because you can't really trust what's, what is. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't know, but even if, but even if they deliver, they delivered a good face play period that it could be cut into somewhere else. It's still great face yeah. play. So then we get a little questioning of Sutton and making out with her driver. Is this the same car service that everyone uses? And Erica has a funny bit about like, I've never seen anything worth making out with there. <laughs> And Sutton clarifies, this is my personal car service, but she refuses to reveal any more information. And DLAC wishes he has a driver with benefits. I do have a driver with benefits. It's called my husband. There you go. Then we move to the question, uh, who would date a woman? Kyle had said yes. And so we start going into this storyline, the missing wedding rings, the tattoos, and DLAC asked Sutton, did any of those things add fuel or suspicion to her fire? Uh, she says, not really. It went over her head. Again, just love how Sutton is Sutton. <laughs> <laughs> then we, and I've never seen any of these Teddy episodes. I don't know who Teddy is, but I enjoyed all the clips of Kyle with her bangs. Um, and so, <laughs> but apparently people were speculating about Kyle and her relationship with Teddy. And for those who also don't know who Teddy is, it's a woman. So. That's why it's relevant. <laughs> Kyle says she has changed over the last year. And she references how she was raised. Everything had to be by the book. And the last year and a half, she just isn't that way. And so much has changed. And she doesn't know what the future holds. And then Sutton puts in a really good friendship play regarding whether Kyle would have a relationship with another woman. And just says, it wouldn't matter. We would be supportive of you no matter what. And Garcelle agrees with that. So then we get a little teaser. Anna Marie is going to say what really happened. And Crystal says she has proven to be a liar, which is kind of funny because there's a lot of stuff right now. There's a little bit of clapback going on at Crystal, who is admitted to lying about Anna Marie saying she was a doctor at first. So no Did evidence. She admit to that? Apparently, Anna Marie is alleging that Crystal said off camera about that. Oh. She did it for a storyline and like how it was hard okay. all season long to to keep up with that. <laughs> so we come back from commercial and DLAC says Anna Marie gets rated a B by her husband and Crystal called her a B. 
I'm really, I was really glad that he acknowledged here the reset of the EWIB by Crystal. Me too. That's episodes without invoking bitch bleacher yes. for those who are new. And we get an Anna Marie package, including her husband saying that Anna Marie is an 8.5 at everything and her esophageal attack at Sutton and Crystal's attack at her profession, plus Crystal resetting the EWIB. Back to the stage, Anna Marie says she and her husband are best friends and they can joke about stuff like that. And he's about an 8.5 too. Like how all the other women are just like, well, you can't rate him any higher than he rated yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. DLAC expresses his condolences to Anna Marie because her mom recently passed. So this was rough. They pass a tissue down the line to her. We get pictures of her mom on screen. Her name was Jane. She had a terrible cough and they found a huge tumor in her lung. Anne-Marie is crying here. She says it's been a really hard year. So this was apparently going on during the filming of the show, um, but she chose not to share it with others or to include it in the storyline or in her filming. And she said she just wanted to compartmentalize and not have to share on screen. That's an interesting. What do you think about that as a choice? Yeah. I mean, we need, we need to separate here a human making their own personal choices for their family, what's best for their family and what's best right. for themselves from what's good play on the show. So I'm not going to judge what choice she made for herself. Like if that's what she needed to do for her own mental health, for her family's sake, whatever, never going to yeah. criticize that. Like you need to make the, the choices that you need to make. So putting that aside, straight gameplay, I'm super disappointed this wasn't included yeah. because what a different season she could have had. If we were included in that, we saw what was really going on for her. She It could have brought her and the other ladies so much closer as they helped her through it. Um, it could have given the audience a completely different view of her. I don't think she would have gotten as much hate. I think that she'd be a shoo-in for next season versus yeah. now she's just gotten a, like a lot of blowback. So, you know, again, her choice, her life. It, absolutely. And I, I totally understand why people wouldn't want to share that on TV. And it takes a certain type of human to want to. Right. Show well, that I mean, you think about like Kyle TV. sharing, you know, Kyle... It took Kyle a while to share about Lorene, but then she did open up the sort of the memorial for Lorene to the cameras. Yeah. Um, and she didn't share about how bad things were with Mo until yeah. it came out. And then, yeah. and then she did. Exactly. Yeah. Like everyone's making the right choices for themselves, but yeah, I agree. It would have been, it would have been a humanizing thing if we just had a little bit, but it's sort of hard because once you open that door a little bit, then then you're going to get judged if you don't keep it wide open for everyone. And oh, yeah. You know, then if you're like insane having fun and people are be like, how could you be doing that? You know, sure. The yeah. entire world is now criticizing your choices around your your mother's health and her right? death. And right? that is a hard thing to open yourself up to. Yeah. DLAC then takes an uncomfortable turn in questioning while Anna Marie is still crying and dabbing at her tears. And he says people noticed her early on in her rookie season as someone who has no problem getting her thoughts across. And we see a flashback of her standing up for Kyle at the dinner party. DLAC says she seems very confident. She, and she says she's always honest because that's the only way to get to know people. DLAC says there was also a lot of negative feedback too. And Anna Marie says this isn't her first sport. She was an athlete and she can take criticism, but she did internalize it. She's crying again. I don't think she ever really stopped. She was just the thing to have to take this questioning right after talking about her mom passing away. DLAC says that Anna Marie met Crystal before the show. And what did she think of her? 
Anna Marie says Crystal was awesome off camera. And then when the cameras went up, it was a different tune. Dilak asks Crystal if it's possible that she misheard Anna Marie when she said nurse anesthetist and not anesthesiologist. I had such a hard time taking notes on this. <laughs> it's like, how do I spell <laughs> anesthetist? And like, even my spell check couldn't get what I was trying to take. <laughs> Crystal said her sister's an anesthesiologist, and they had a conversation about that. And that's when Anna Marie corrected and said she's a nurse anesthetist, and people don't really know the difference. Anna Marie says she's she's going to set the record straight here. She says they introduced each other, and Crystal introduced herself as a housewife. Crystal says she doesn't talk like that. And then she says that Anna Marie is, a, has, is proven to be a liar. Anna Marie is trying to ask Crystal something, but Crystal keeps talking over her. Anna Marie is frustrated. She doesn't want to yell or talk over Crystal. She's trying really hard to stay calm, but Crystal is just like not letting her get a word. And then Dilak asks what the other ladies thought. Erica says that she knew that Anna Marie was a nurse anesthetist. Kyle says she told her on camera what she did, and Kyle still thought she was a doctor, so she can see where there would be confusion. Crystal says that Anna Marie purposefully misrepresents because there is that confusion there. And then Anna Marie says the American Society of Anesthesiologists and the American Association of Nurse Anesthesiology, that there are political issues that exist there because they can do the same thing, but for a different price. Yeah. And I I just want to quickly say being married to somebody who is in the medical field, this is a big... Married to medicine, one might say. (laughs) One might. (laughs) One might. Considering how little I like how awkward I felt just seeing them filming while while Anna Marie was at work I was like I don't I can't we're not doing that (laughs) (laughs) but it is a big deal to misrepresent yourself as a physician when you're not and I I just don't know that and and I think Anna Marie is getting a lot of flack from that from professional from medical professional organizations and so I just think that if it was a very small misunderstanding, like whatever it was, like, A, I don't know that Anna Marie would have said that. I don't know that that's her nature. But I think Crystal is is actually really causing potential damage to Anna Marie, like professionally, like in her world by doing this. It's very she said, she said, because we weren't there. Yeah, they they both have different stories about what happened. We haven't seen any evidence of Anne Marie necessarily doing that. She has clearly said, "I'm a nurse anesthetist to everyone." Yeah, but we don't know what actually happened in that moment. I I think I'm I'm trying to believe the best of everyone on this show, but I'm having a hard time with Crystal. Mm. Yeah. Then Crystal says that Anne Marie weaponized her profession against Sutton. <laughs> There's that word weaponized again. Delac asks why the esophagus thing bothered her, and Anna Marie says she guesses it just sounded off to her, but then she plays an apology to Sutton. Our first reunion apology. But I just, I want to say this, watching everything back and seeing how I behaved, how I handled the entire situation, I just want to apologize to you because I can't even tell you how much I hated watching it. And then later in the conversation, she repeats that she's very sorry twice. Yes. So I gave her a one for accountability. I give her a half for specificity. She kind of, she does say what she's apologizing for, but it was like broad. Like, I'm, I'm sorry for my behavior around this, but she didn't specifically say what. Yeah. 
Um, but she had already apologized during the season as well. And so I felt like it was just like, she just needed a small apology here to kind of recap that, by the way, I am sorry about this. And so I thought a one and a half was just fine. Yeah, I, I gave her a full point for the specificity. So she got a full two points for me, you know, accountability and specificity. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. It's hard because the conversation before it is is sort of what the specificity is as mm. well. Um, that's true. That's true. To it, so yeah, yeah, I agree. Okay, I'll bring my I'll bring mine up to it too. I held back on acknowledging <laughs> the impact because she only acknowledged the impact on herself. How it made her feel. So yes. I'm growing as a person. <laughs> Sutton accepts her apology and said it's a lesson learned and they all make mistakes in this group. And I thought that was spoken like a housewife who has worked her way up from friend to full housewife to hot seat. Exactly. Yeah. She knows her game. We make mistakes. We apologize. We grow. We get hot seat. We get hot seat. (laughs) So then we get a preview. It looks like Crystal is accusing Dorit of calling her a child bride and saying it's equivalent to calling her a mail order bride, which is offensive as a Chinese person. So more racial stuff for Dorit to deal with and for us to have to sit through commercial. Right. So then we come back from commercial and we get this little behind the scenes peek where Kyle is telling a story to her side of the couch in DLAC about how Vanderpump, also known as Lisa Vanderpump, when she first met Crystal, asked if Kyle was still on the show. Oh, so funny. <laughs> Can you even? So then we get our Crystal package. We see people saying she needs to get out of her shell and her being upset that the group needs her to scream. And then Anna Marie saying that Crystal told her the whole group was not smart. And then Dorit making the uh, child bride. And then the... Anna Marie apology moment between Crystal and Anna Marie. So DLAC brings up Crystal's comment that she's quiet because she is always comparing herself to the others regarding her weight. And we learned either in an earlier season or on this season earlier that she has battled disordered eating and body dysmorphia most of her life. That was a big storyline in one of the seasons for her. I can't remember which one, but yeah. Yeah, so that's kind of her, it's a PTC and an IFI, right? It's both a personal tragedy card because that's a that's a lifelong struggle and that that mm-hmm. is a big, like that's a big illness. Um, mm-hmm. And it's also an IFI, an injury fear illness. Crystal says that this is basically what pushed her over the edge in that ballroom and why she called Anna Maria bitch is because of this allegation or insinuation that... Sutton's esophageal issues are a cover for an eating disorder. Anna Marie clarifies no one, not her or Crystal, said that Sutton had an eating disorder. And Sutton's like, good, because I don't. Yeah. Crystal was demanding apology play from Anna Marie in this in this moment. Anna Marie wouldn't give it, but she yeah. she was, I will, she was like, but I will be clear that I do do not think that anyone has an eating disorder. She's not, she's not fucking with Crystal. Like Anna Marie's like, I'm not fucking with you. I'm not gonna give you a Right. I don't owe you an apology. I'm not going to give yeah. you one. I never said this. <laughs> yep. right? DLAC probes Crystal on her reaction to the receipts that Crystal did say the women are not that smart. Kyle adds on Crystal's always making comments, essentially belittling the other women. And her her tone suggests, you know, in a very Kyle way, like, that's just Crystal. That's how she rolls. We're used mm-hmm. to it. Anna Marie goes on the offensive on how Crystal made up that said Sutton said something so dark and it was super racist, but later it was just a feeling. 
and says she doesn't want to be a part of Crystal's system of lies. And Crystal says, don't worry, you're not a part of it. In a very rude way. <laughs> but tell us what you really think, Mandy. Um, and we get some nice face play from Erica in that moment too. Like this little, this little well, that was awkward smile. <laughs> <laughs> it's another moment where there could have been forward progress, but there was not. Yeah. I was listening. We were talking about two teas in a pod and the, which is the, you know, the podcast with Teddy and Tamara. Teddy was saying recently on that, that, that she, so she knows Crystal because I think she, Teddy brought Crystal onto the show ah. and she said, Crystal has a really fun personality in person, like life of the party vibes. And both of them were wondering, and I'm also now wondering, like, why is this not on, like, why do we not see that from her on yeah, screen? Right. Yes. And then just a, another aside, Teddy is bitter because she brought Crystal on. And if Crystal gets another season, she'll beat Teddy is what she's, <laughs> which I'm like, oh, she's paying attention to the reunion seating score. Uh, <laughs> Crystal can't get it. another season or she'll beat Teddy's score. I love it. I love it. So Delag asks, why was Dorit so offended by the comment regarding their intelligence? And Dorit says, well, I think I'm the only one here with a college degree. And it was just <laughs> another quiver in her, another arrow in her quiver of errors. <laughs> so Crystal explains to Dorit that it's the equivalent to calling an Asian woman a mail order bride if you call them a child bride. Before we get that full explanation, Dorit has her defense, which is, well, everybody called Priscilla Presley a child bride. And like Priscilla Presley was really young when she married Elvis. So I think that's why. 24 is not an unusual age, actually, for somebody to get married at. And I think what Dorit was more commenting on was just the age difference, not her actual age. Anyway, this is where Gar Garcelle says under her breath, like, see, that's what I'm talking about. Like the fact mm -hmm. that Dorit just doesn't get it. Kyle kind of tries to add a little like, well, people always throw out like somebody was young. There were 12, like is their hyperbole to make a point. Dorit does not apologize, but she does say lesson learned. And somebody must have said something about microaggressions because Erica says it feels macro, not micro. <laughs> <laughs> So this is where I'm just getting pissed off that everyone is just playing so poorly. No one seems to want to actually learn anything and work with other people on growth. I mean, I guess we get a little bit of Dorit saying like lesson learned, but it doesn't feel like she's- She does say, and I appreciate it. I okay. actually thought that was a good moment. The, the problem with Dorit though, is that then if it ever comes up again, she'll go back into defending herself. Like yeah. she says lesson learned, but is the lesson really learned? You wonder. Yeah. And that's why I'm just sort of annoyed. Yeah. Um, so, but again, and that's like your word choice. You don't realize how it hits people of other cultures or other races. Mm -hmm. You've just got to be more careful. Anyway, so DLAG then just says, all right, well, Crystal, what do you want to say to the world? Then she just says, you know, I'm here and I'm actually loving it. So. And that's basically it for this section. And then we get our teaser of Kyle and Dorit arguing. And I'm really not interested in that either. <laughs> <laughs> when we come back from commercial, DLAC says we had a new Kyle this season and we get a Kyle package. 
Kyle doesn't have to explain herself to anyone anymore. She has five tattoos. She's working out a lot. She's not drinking. Her friendship with Morgan Wade, everyone thinks is weird. Her best friend, Laureen, died by suicide. Delac asks her about Laureen and where she is in the grieving process. And Kyle says she disassociates some days and other days she can barely move from the sofa. Delac asks about Kyle and Dorit's friendship. Did it start? Did the kind of like tension between them start last year at the reunion with how Dorit handled the Kathy situation. And Dorit says there's nothing she's ever wanted more than Kyle and Kathy to be okay. And that is where she should have left it. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Everything that follows after this could have been avoided. (laughs) She has a relationship with Kathy independent of Kyle and she didn't want to get in the middle. Kyle says Dorit doesn't know Kathy that well. She says, we're closer, and that usually when she talks to Dorit, Dorit seems disappointed in Kathy's behavior. Dorit says only with the stories that Kyle would tell about the past, and Kyle says no, it was about the stuff that happened at Aspen also. But she doesn't want to get into that, and it seems like she's to protect her family relationship. She doesn't want to rehash all that stuff again. And Kyle says that when it was Kathy versus Kyle last season, the audience was all raw, raw Kathy. And we see a clip of Dorit from last year telling Kyle on the reunion that Kathy wants her to accept a little responsibility in this. And Kyle shuts her down and says she doesn't want her to interject. She says to her, it seems like Dorit just wants to be on whatever side the audience thinks and agrees with. Dorit has some shocked face play here and like, what me? I don't even follow the audience. (laughs) Um, Like as if it's the most hysterical thing she's ever heard. And then we get some Kyle face play. Yeah, I didn't like her line. That's the most hysterical thing I've ever heard. I was like, that's that that fell flat for me. Yeah, it was quite some acting. In fact, for her acting shocked face play, I gave her face play of the game. It was, uh, I don't know. I found it amusing. That's why. (laughs) I love the, the etymology of the word hysterical. So the idea was that Mm. women behaved crazy because Mm -hmm. their uterus was running around and moving Mm. around inside of their bodies. That's (laughs) what hysterical behavior is. So as a woman, (laughs) I just want her to know that that word choice does not sit well with me. (laughs) Now she's offended Mandy. We do not like the Dorit language choices. She's weaponizing your uterus against you. (laughs) She wouldn't be the first. (laughs) So that's, and then that's the end. I guess that's the, that's the hook is that we're still fighting between Kyle and Dorit. I didn't feel hooked in, but that was apparently the hook for, for next episode. Yeah. I'm just not, not finding Dorit very compelling at all in this, this episode. What do you think about her? Yeah. I mean, I think she's been on shaky ground for a while. I think that what happened to her with the break-in was really, you know, it was extreme. It was really, that drew us in. And I think that's maybe the only reason that she's hung around as long as she has, because I don't think she necessarily is the best player. And it's not even like she's playing it that well. Like she has, she's not really letting us in. She keeps talking about it and touching on it, but you don't feel like we're really being let on it on what's that really, what is that really like for her? Like where it's not, it's like she's saying it as like she's going through the motions of telling us yeah. about it, but we're not really being let in. Yeah. There's no like moments where she's had panic attacks or, 
you know, or just like, we're not getting to see her suffering from those in the moment, which is a terrible, it's not like I want to see her suffering, but it's sort of show, don't tell, you know, that's what they say about writing. You Mm want to show the audience or the reader, you don't tell them about it because Mm -hmm. it's not as interesting when you just tell Mm -hmm. them. So if you are going to be on TV, if you are going to open your life up to these things, then that is part of the deal, right? That's yeah. Or can you tell us about what a panic attack feels like? Can you, do, you yeah. know, like, let's go into it. So then we get our coming up for the rest of the reunion here. We see that Sutton didn't like the situation of the cunnilingus in Vegas. And Erica asks her if she likes it in real life. Tarita's had an incredibly difficult last two years. And in this moment, we don't know if it actually happened in this moment, but they're cutting it together as if it happened in this moment. Delac yawns and Dorit says, don't you dare. So now they've cut this don't you dare moment in two different ways and they want us to buy both of them. Garcelle maybe is going to question Dorit's story about the robbers, which she's alluded to before. She's like, oh, but you still have all your, like you said everything was stolen, but you still have all your jewelry. And now she's going to be questioning her more about it. Like what, really? They left their cell phone. So that's, I don't know if Garcelle should be questioning that, but okay. Yeah, I know. That's what it, that's (laughs) It's so interesting. I just feel like the reunion, these women are so different at the reunion with each other than they were during the season. Mm. And that's what's kind of throwing me like Salt Lake City, everyone in the reunion, like the relationships between them all were the the same relationships as we Mm. had had throughout the season. But here, these people who have been playing buddy, buddy and have been so nice throughout the season are now like super nasty with each other. And I'm like, what? Like, uh, it is very Beverly, very Beverly Hills, though, if you think about it, because of yeah. like the, you know, that keeping that outer appearance and whatever. Yeah. And, right. And then the stuff comes out during the season of what they were saying during their um, ITMs and what they're saying online. And then, then now they have to hash that out, I yeah. guess. I don't know. I don't like it as much. <laughs> Delac asks Erica if she can better explain to him why she sat down with the victims. And she says, I cannot. And we see face play all around that likely has nothing to do with what Erica just said, because that's how the editors roll. Sutton and Kyle, our hot seat buddies, are going to go at it with each other. And Delac has some great in the middle face play. And Kyle says there are things she could have said and she did not. How about that? That's a, that was a better, a better little cliffhanger. Yes. I still haven't really decided what my play of the week is. I thought you said it was Erica wanting to take a break. Uh, oh, no, you right. said you said that was where your fashion play was. That was my fashion play. You know what? I'm going to say that's my play of the week as well. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and I'm going to give Erica my MVP. <laughs> that's a sad episode. If the best play is someone <laughs> saying they need to take a break. <laughs> I'm, giving, I'm giving Erica play of the week for wanting to take a break and saying it in such a funny, good way with great timing, great comedic timing. And I'm giving her MVP because she sat there the whole time and <laughs> the other people gave good face play and then didn't step in anything. <laughs> good. For making the least errors. For making the least errors. Erica is your MVP. Awesome. <laughs> Well, I went in a direction that might be a little surprising. I did have a hard time picking out a standout MVP this episode. Tariq got a lot of play, but she had way more errors than good plays. 
I, I mean, like I just, I just wasn't feeling it. Like Kyle had some stuff, but I just wasn't feeling like it was great from her. Sutton, yeah. I think is, is still to come. We could argue Erica because she had fewer errors, but I just, there wasn't a lot of play from her. I ended up picking our rookie because she's had a rough season. She didn't get a lot of love from the audience. She didn't play that well either. I don't think she played horribly, but I don't think she played all that well either all the way through the season. And so I think she came into the reunion on the shakiest ground or at least close to the shakiest ground out of all the players. And she had to do well. She had to do some things well. And I think she played today's reunion as well as she could to potentially save her spot on the show. So though she chose not to share what was going on with her mom during filming, she does let us in on the reunion and shares that PTC with us today. She stays strong and confident in all of her opinions, but isn't afraid to say when she regrets her actions. She's the only one all episode who played an apology to Sutton. And she stands her ground with Crystal when she doesn't believe an apology is owed, but she'll still strongly and loudly set the record straight about what happened during the season. So... For coming into this reunion in just the way I felt like she needed to after a difficult first season, Anna Marie was my MVP. Okay. And you know what I have to say about that? I would like mm. to switch my MVP from Erica for not sucking. And I would, <laughs> I would like to, to tag on to your MVP because I agree. I do. Looking back, I think Anna Marie is... The only one who came to this trying to actually resolve things, you know, like, mm. I feel like she was actually like, I don't want to sit there and argue. I actually want to like get through some of this stuff. Um, yeah. And, so, yeah. yeah. All right. She made, she made some poor choices during the season, but I think she has the good makings of a housewife. And if she, if they decide to keep her on, which they may not, and I understand why they wouldn't. But if they do decide to keep her on next season, I think she could improve. And I would be excited to see what she could do in the future. Agreed. 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 I like her. And I, at this point, like, I I feel like it would be, I, I don't care that Crystal is the life of the party and maybe she's more fun for everyone to hang out with, but I would rather see Anna Marie than her right now. Mm -hmm. so, Agree. Just, I don't know. I don't, I don't, there's something about Crystal that's putting me off right now. <laughs> Sorry. I don't know what it is. And I apologize, Crystal, because you may be wonderful in person, but I don't know. All right. Shall we dive into the world of the RSS? Yeah. So the reunion seating scores. So the really quick breakdown of how we do the reunion seating score is that if you're a full housewife player, um, we delineate between housewives and friends, right? Do we have any friends? This I don't think we had any friends this season. No. Um, so just housewife players this season. If you're a full housewife, you get a half a point just for being in the season and then another half a point for making the reunion. So one point for your full season of play. And then if you get a hot seat, you get another whole full point. So it doubles your score as a housewife. And then you can get a quarter of a point if you have any guests on with you in the reunion that are associated with you. Um, and then basically for friends, you just half all that. So you get a quarter point for being in the season, a quarter point for make it to the reunion. And so far, we haven't had any friends that have also had guests associated right, with them. Right. We would have to decide later how we would do that. So, and then it, it builds up cumulatively over your time on the show. 
because the more seasons you earn, obviously you are a better player if you have managed to stay on the show for a very long time. But <coughs> also Richard. we can <laughs> Colonel Richards is a great example. But also you can we can average it out based on the number of divided by the number of seasons that you've been on to kind of compare like if you were on the show at this as the same number of seasons as this other player, how would you guys go up against each other? So I'm going to break it down. This is their cumulative RSS score. So we haven't averaged out. This is just how many seasons you have, what you're, what you're standing as coming into the season. We haven't calculated the final scores for this season until the end of the reunion, because we want to see if there's any guests or anything like that. Exactly. So coming into the season, Crystal is at the bottom or, and I'm not including Anne-Marie because she's her first season. So she's at a zero, basically. Crystal coming into this season has a 2.0. Sutton has a 2.5, Garcelle has a 3.0, Dorit has a 6.25, Erica has an 8.0, and then Kyle Richards soaring way high above the rest of them has a 23.5. That is a big old gap. She's That's a huge beat. gap because she's been in 13 seasons. Not only that, but she's in the hot seat almost every single reunion. Wow. Good work, Kyle. There's only two seasons where she hasn't been in the hot seat. And one of them was a COVID reunion where no one got a hot seat because it was just faces on a screen. Yep. Wow. So other players of note, Denise Richards was a past player. She has a two. Camille Grandma's past player. She has a 3.75. Brandy Glanville has a 4.5. Kim Richards, that's Kyle's sister, has a five. Um, and then we get to two other players who are, were pretty good. We have Lisa Renna has a 12 when she went out and Lisa Vanderpump with a 14.75 when she left. Uh, and she did not show up for her last reunion. So that hurt her. So now I want to go over the average too, because I think yes. that's a better comparison to see like, does, does Erica have the potential of passing Kyle someday? Does, right. you know, does Sutton who's made a hot seat, does she have the potential? So so this is their average. So when we divide by the number of seasons they've been in, and we only start to count your average if you've had at least three seasons of play. So Crystal's out here. She's only had two seasons of play before this one. So Sutton comes in at the lowest with a 0 0.83. Her first season, she was just a friend. So she had a pretty low scoring season that season. I almost wonder if you don't count the friend year and the averaging. But some people then get demoted to friend later because they just aren't they aren't great. And also if they, I think your potential as a player is analyzed when they give you either a friend contract or a housewife player contract. Cause sometimes people come in straight away as a housewife and some, and you, sometimes you have to come in as a friend because they're not sure about you yet. All right. All right. All right. But she could pull that up if she stays on. I mean, she's only had three seasons of play before this. So yeah, I guess it's just that, that, that drags down your average a lot. Yeah. But this next, this season will bring it up. This is her first hot seat. Garcelle, Garcelle's average is a 1.0. I mean, she's a one point player. She's been just no guests, no um, hot seats to this point. Dorit has a 1.04. So just barely above a one point player. Erica, who's been on for several seasons now, has a 1.14. And then Kyle has a 1.96. So if you think of like, she's almost at a two, a two would be like a perfect player. That's like, you get the hot seat every single time yeah and Kyle's a 1.96 so yeah. that is a very very high score and the, uh Kathy coming on we know we know that Kathy is coming on this year to the reunion so will those mm. go to Kyle 
Yes, those points will go to Kyle because she's not, she does not have a friend contract this season. Yeah. And she's clearly not there as somebody else's family relation. Right. Um, and then other average RSS scores of note, Camille Grammer has a 0.94. Kim Richards is a, a 1.0. She had lots of seasons, but she just never really made the hot seat. Um, Brandy Glanville as a 1.13. So she's right around where Erica Girardi is. Lisa Rinna with a 1.5. I'm not so surprised. That's a really good score. Yep. I love me some Lisa Rinna. Yeah. And then Lisa Vanderpump with a 1.64. So not quite getting up to the 1.96 of Kyle, but still a very good average RSS score. And that is where it will be super interesting to look at our other franchises and get the averages to see like who is on Kyle's level, right? Mm-hmm. Who is it that that plays the game this well? Yeah. I'm really, I'm really curious to see as we go. So I will have, again, I'll have New Jersey numbers ready before we start the season. So you're we can, amazing. We can talk about those. You're <laughs> amazing. You. I couldn't do it, but I mean, I also wouldn't recognize a lot of the people. I'd be like, who is that person? Why are they? <laughs> <laughs> it's a lot easier for me. Cause I literally just toggle my, my like pointer across the street and like watch all the little screens and see <laughs> who's showing up on screen and who isn't. And if you didn't recognize them well, that would be difficult. Yeah. Okay, so our EWIB count is at six. It's we at had six. no no resetting. No one called anyone a bitch this episode in a derogatory manner. And so uh, we've gone six episodes without using the word bitch. Congratulations, Beverly Hills. <laughs> You're doing good work, sort of. So you can follow us on Real Housewives of Bend, Oregon at, on Instagram. Please subscribe to the podcast. Review us on Apple Podcasts. And on your review, let us know if we are making the right call here on given rookie Anna Marie MVP. Yeah, absolutely. Let's, I mean, we want to hear from you. We do. Comment. So we'll, uh, we'll see you next, next week might be a little different. We're going to, we still haven't figured out what we're going to do. Mandy's out of town. So we may, I may have a guest co-host. I might do a solo episode or we might have to finagle our schedule to do either a late release or do an early recording or something, but we will. If you if something different happens next time, well, it's a lot. <laughs> Tune in for what will happen. Watch what <laughs> happens. Listen what happens live. This is this is the cliffhanger for our episode. <laughs> <laughs> who, who will be on? Our-